podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Voice of the Vic podcast. I've been snubbed from the live pod this week, so I'm here talking about Jake Livermore. He hasn't been announced at the time of recording, so this could all be for nothing, but we'll see. Joining me is Louis from the Baggies podcast. How are you, Louis? Uh, I'm very well, thank you, Cam. How are you? I'm great, yeah. Just a full warning, I can't promise this will be the most positive podcast ever because I'm talking to a West Brom fan about Jake Livermore. <laughs> but we'll give it a go, so let's get into it. Jake Livermore, six years at West Brom, 206 appearances. What's the feeling among the fans about him leaving? I think with Livermore, he has split opinion through practically every second of those six years at West Brom. I think there's some fans that you'll find who, you know, will say nothing but good things about in terms of his personality off the pitch, his uh, leadership, his dressing room atmosphere that he brings to the to the that that he has brought to the club and then there's sort of that split opinion of what he actually does on the pitch which I think is probably where maybe Watford fans have a little bit of worry if he is to is to join yourselves at Vicarage Road but the way I'd sum him up is a fantastic character um I think that we're we're always going to be gutted to lose a person like that um at the club who's obviously a, a brilliant uh, a brilliant family man obviously loves the club um does a lot of work with the foundation and things like that so there's that sort of character that we've lost, which is a shame. And then there's sort of the player on the pitch that we we haven't seen so much over the past year because we've seen Carlos Colbran kind of phasing him out and bringing in uh, different leadership models in within the squad. But I think, yeah, I think we'll miss him off the pitch. But I don't think uh, the last couple of years really of Livermore that we haven't seen the best of him on the pitch. And I think that's probably what's led to his ultimate release from the club and, and why he seems to be uh, moving to a different championship club like yourselves. So what would you say he is good at on the pitch, if anything? I'd say he's he's uh, a real trier. He's definitely going to give you 100% every game. Definitely not going to shy away from a tackle. I'm sure you'll have seen from his yellow and red cards record that he's <laughs> he's not one that's going to shy away from a tackle ever. So I think in terms of that, he's very good at winning the ball. Um, he's, he's good with organisation and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, there, there are some positives on the pitch in terms of his endeavour and he'll always give 100% and he'll always try and win the ball back where he can. Um, yeah, and I think if you play him in the right role, I think he can certainly get about the pitch and and, and cause problems in that aspect of, of recycling possession and things like that. But, yeah, I think definitely winning the ball is probably his main strength on the pitch. And I think that's definitely what we saw throughout his time at Albion, even though you know perhaps other aspects of his game has kind of faded. That's ticking a few boxes, then, because we need a leader, we need a ball winner, and we need someone who's going to work hard. We've been lacking that for a while. What in particular could you tell me about his time under Valerian Ishmael? I think he was a, a real sort of soldier for Ishmael, a bit of a, a lieutenant. He was kind of willing to do whatever. And I think that's the case with Jake, where whichever manager he's played under, you know, he's played twice a few at West Brom. And I think he's always been willing to do whatever the manager sort of tells him to do. And I think with Ishmael, he was kind of just, uh, a re I think Ishmael likes to play with basically, he'll play three, four, three, wherever he goes really by the looks of things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he'll play two box to box midfielders and Livermore is one of those. who's normally the sort of deep one alongside Alex Mowat, who I think has also been linked with yourselves quite heavily. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, Livermore was kind of deeper one of those two midfielders and he was basically just ch 
uh, challenge with can you win the ball back as much as possible and obviously Ishmael's game plan is very intense very very um very high energy so Livermore was basically just buzzing around the middle of the pitch just trying to pick up as many loose balls as he could tackle as many people as he could try and pass the ball forward to to maybe Moa who's a little bit more creative on the ball than him so yeah that's my kind of memory I just remember him charging about I remember him trying to cover a lot of ground I think it was a I wouldn't say it was the role that I'd personally say he was suited to. Um, I think he's more suited to just basically sitting in front of the back four and just milling about trying to win tackles. But he was basically this sort of energy in midfield where he was just buzzing around. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, when he's at the age that perhaps he is now, it was kind of catching up on him a little bit where he was struggling to, he was getting forward a bit, but not being able to get back quick enough. Um, and that led to him receiving a lot of yellow cards, possibly even red cards for just chopping people down on the counter attack when opposition players had just knocked the ball past him. So, yeah, I think it wasn't perhaps the role that I would see him playing in, especially at his age now, but um, he was definitely Ishmael's. He was Ishmael's captain the whole time, basically. So he was definitely uh, a character that Ishmael liked. Um, it was just perhaps maybe the role that he was playing in that wasn't best suited to his his ability, maybe at that age. What is it then that he sort of lost with age? What, um, like, was he ever actually that really good midfield player? You know, quite solid at this level, or was he always sort of a bit? sort of not the best I think in the Premier League when he first joined he definitely showed us a lot of a lot of that sort of player that we thought that we were getting when we signed him for I think it was 10 million pounds from Hull when we when we bought him so yeah he was he was a Premier League quality player for a good couple of seasons then we dropped down into the first season in the championship under under Darren Moore the majority of the season under Darren Moore and he was absolutely brilliant then then in the Billich promotion season, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then I think the season, the the Premier League season after that, when Big Sam came in, I think that's where we started to see a little bit of a deterioration. I don't think he's ever been a fantastic ball playing midfielder. I don't think that's ever been what he's particularly good at. His passing's never been great at all. But I think as a ball winning midfielder, he was he was Premier League quality, you know, when he first joined the club and for those couple of seasons. And then obviously coming up with Bilic, I think he was absolutely brilliant as a, not just as a, a, obviously as a leader, as I've spoken about, but on the pitch in terms of his complementing Romain Sawyers, who he was alongside, who was more of a ball player. And I think that's what Livermore would do very well. If he was seated alongside a, a ball playing midfielder, I think he'd work fantastically just like he did in that promotion season. But I think he's ultimately lost that bit of legs um, which helps him get around the pit, pitch. And if he's not playing alongside the right midfield partner partner who has got those sort of legs and, and box-to-box ability around him, I think he, he struggles to kind of keep up with the pace of the game. In the Championship, obviously, it's, it's you know, very hectic. And I think that's where Livermore struggled perhaps a bit last, when he, when he got his, a bit of game time last season. And certainly under Ishmael the season before, I think he struggled to keep up with the intensity of play. And it was kind of just catching, and maybe, maybe a little bit of age catching up on him. But I think when he's in the right system, as I say, he's got the right player alongside him. We've seen the best of Jake Livermore uh, at West Brom. And yeah, ball winning wise, I don't think his abilities dwindle. We saw a bit of it last season, but it's just that, hectic nature of the championship that I think he, he struggled to cope with a little bit. Okay, you've mentioned his leadership quite a lot. That seems to be the best thing about him. Do you think he can have the same sort of effect if he's not playing so much? Yeah, well, I think we heard from Carlos Corbran last season. So basically Livermore didn't play very much at all under Carlos Corbran. I think he played, I think it was 
two or three league appearances under Corbran. Bear in mind, he was there from October to May. I think that's quite a quite a damning reflection of maybe his ability or what Carlos Corbran wasn't looking for him on the pitch. But I think off it, we heard from Corbran the kind of influences that he had on the pit, off the pitch and in the dressing room. And he was still coming to every game. He was he was basically a bit of a cheerleader for for a lot of the Albion squad, which I think. He was always on the pitch when he was getting that game time, but off the pitch, it was just a bit, you know, nice to see that he was still involved. And I think the reception that he got when he left from the from the playing squad um, on his final game when he when he played against Norwich in that final home game of the season, I think it was brilliant to see everybody giving him that reception. So, um, yeah, I think definitely having that influence off the pitch, I, you know. I, Obviously, no, no room to speak about your your sort of playing squad at the moment. I can't see him playing too much with the squad that you've got at the moment, but I can certainly see him still having that influence off the pitch. And he's he's fantastic with the younger younger players. I think you you hear a lot from quite a lot of the younger players coming through, and they talk about maybe influences in the senior squad. And Livermore's always a name that comes up. So he's definitely that kind of character who put put her arm put an arm around a younger player and and sort of help them through. Uh, what is a difficult journey into professional football. So I think, yeah, definitely off the pitch, even when he's not playing, I think he's definitely shown a lot of uh, leadership qualities and he's still able to show that even when he's not really getting the minutes on the pitch. Yeah, and I think he's going to have to accept that he's not going to play all that much. Like you mm. said, he, he's not at his best anymore. So, yeah, I I think he'll be sort of a bit part player, but Valerian Ishmael has clearly brought him in because he knows him well. Maybe you can help translate the style and he's a bit of a leader. So, yeah, that's all I've got in terms of questions. I do want to say my bit, though. I I think I was thinking we did go for Livermore in January. The club didn't want him, but Bilic did. So what's changed now? But I, I've had a little think and we've let go of Cleverly, Cathcart, Gosling, all over 30 homegrown players. We're left with just Tom Ince. Ben Hamer, if he's still knocking about, but I no one knows anymore. Um, people calling for Ryan Porches to be captain. I'm not saying they're right or wrong, but he's the only real candidate. So I get why Livermore is being added. However, we need to add a bit of quality in there as well as Livermore. That's what I think. We need someone to partner loser for 40, maybe, maybe 46 games, ideally. But yeah, that's all from me i hope that's sort of informed you a bit more about jake livermore uh thanks again louis good luck for the season but maybe not too much luck uh and goodbye sports social podcast network